Good morning and welcome to December the 26th in 2019 on When I Rise. I believe that our Canadian friends call this Boxing Day or the day after Christmas. And so now that we have gone through the Nativity of the Lord liturgy, we go back to the first Sunday after Christmas. And on Thursdays, we tend to look at the New Testament passage for the week. And so according to year A and the first Sunday after Christmas, uh, the passage for the New Testament is Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. And so I will read that passage this morning and I'll offer a couple further points of reflection from the book of Hebrews, and particularly this passage. Then we'll spend some time praying along the themes um, that this verse brings to the surface as we allow our souls to rise to meet God. Hey, thanks for making us part of your morning, and let's just spend some time together praying as we face God and as we face this day together. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it is fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, Here I am, and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to become like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is the word of God for us. Let me offer a, point, a couple points of reflection as we look at Hebrews chapter 2 today. And uh, yesterday we talked about the book of Hebrews a little bit, and so if you listened to yesterday, you'll know that this is a persuasive document. It seems to be at least partially a sermon that's trying to move a group of people, faithful people, people who are aware of the Old Testament text from point A to point B, and to consider all the brilliance of who Jesus is. And so this is a critical part of um, the book of Hebrews, and what I love about this and why this passage lands at this point in the liturgy is that we're just now uh, celebrating and considering the first arrival of Christ, Uh, but here in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, we're talking about uh, towards the end of the Christ story where Jesus um, dies upon the cross. And I think it's because uh, there's a natural question that's considered and asked whenever we think about Christmas and the ramification of Jesus coming among us is why is he here? And one of the questions that we grapple with at Easter is why did Jesus have to die? But it's even more than that. Not just why did Jesus have to die, but why was Jesus crucified? Uh, Crucifixion was a unique way for someone's life to come to an end and so we don't have time and a short reflection to cover all those finer points. But the writer Hebrews makes a critical point at this uh, part of the argumentation, which is that Jesus became like us. And this is this challenge is one of the early heresies of the church um, that would try to suggest, one of the heresies that tried to suggest was that uh, Jesus wasn't fully human. He just had an appearance 
of being a human being, but he was extraordinary. He was only God. He wasn't human. And so the writer of Hebrews uh, takes exception and actually declares, no, Jesus became like us. You'll see again and again uh, that he became like us. Uh, Verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Um, Notice in verse 18, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. I think this brackets a couple important points about why Jesus had to be human. He had to be human so that he could be uh, a functional sacrifice for sins. He had to stand in our place. He had to be a stand-in. He had to die as a ransom. He had to die in our place. And so he had to take on the full frame of human existence. And so that might be uh, what we call like a judicial Uh, relationship with us being human. He had to be like us. The proof had to be solid. It had to be 100% sincere in order for Jesus to die a death in our place. But notice that it's not just judicial in his sacrifice of sins, uh, but I love how the writer Hebrews here talks about a therapeutic importance of Jesus becoming a human being because he's able to stand with us. As you and I are facing tests, as we are facing temptations, we wonder, I wonder if there's anybody who could stand with me. I wonder if there's anyone um, who might be able to encourage me. Anybody who's been here with me, not just to sympathize with me, but to empathize with me in the midst of this temptation. And the writer Hebrews answers that question by saying, Jesus is able to be with us. Therefore, there's the therapeutic nature of Jesus' incarnation that he's gone before us. And he's not aloof and he's not unaware, but Jesus is keenly aware, deeply aware of all that we go through. And so as we pray, I think that's an important piece because not only do we want to know that there's a God out there who's able uh, to take our requests and to uh, go on our behalf, but someone who's with us. And I think that is a critical part of our discipleship is knowing that uh, Jesus can empathize with us. And so today I want to pray that we would understand uh, the great empathy of the Son of God and that that would encourage us this day. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Lord God, on a day like this, we rejoice. We rejoice because this is a day that you've made and our hearts are full of gladness because we get to face it. And for some of us, we maybe are going back to work after a Christmas um, holiday. For some of us, maybe we're around extended family that we haven't seen all year long or we get some chance to spend more time with our kids. Or for those who are teenagers, because we don't have school, we get to hang out with our friends and maybe be about the public and be around crowds of people. We just thank you that uh, in the the orbit of Christmas, there's so much promise, uh, understanding that God took on flesh and he dwelled among us. And so God, this day, we face this day with a whole lot of courage and with a whole lot of gratitude. And we thank you for this passage that allows us to reckon with how you became one of us. You became one of us for a judicial reason. We needed a sacrifice for sins. We couldn't get into your family. We couldn't be forgiven unless somebody stood in our place for us. We thank you. You didn't send anyone else, God, but you placed yourself there and a self-sacrifice for the sins of humanity. And so, God, we are filled with gratitude because of that. We also thank you that there's a another dimension, a therapeutic dimension to your sacrifice. You, you were exposed to temptation. You were exposed to tests. You were exposed to trials and to hardships that you, were, you suffered because of your human experience. So, God, we thank you for the great truth. You're able to empathize with us and our weaknesses. God, each of us have a weakness. Each of us have something that we feel like we're in over our heads. And so, God, this day, I think that we don't suffer alone, that we're not all alone in isolation, that we're not in despair. But we thank you that we can be comforted this day because you are with us. And so, God, this day, I pray in some tangible way, 
you would intervene on our behalf, that we would understand and recognize and know that you're with us, and that that would be enough for us today, that we'd rest upon your promises, that we would know what is true, who we are and whose we are, so we could face this day with faith. And uh, perhaps the reward of our faith, even in our struggle, is that we know and we become more like you because you're the one who struggled and suffered for righteousness. And so, God, may we have that same experience today. So, God, I pray for my friends out there. They may be experiencing uh, suffered, a suffering of a loss of a loved one. or Maybe they've been uh, maligned by somebody. Or maybe they sit in isolation today. All those things, the panorama of human experience, God, you've experienced and you know. And so, God, I pray that your knowledge of those things would bring them comfort. Would you give them grace upon grace this day? I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.